In today's stuff, today's stuff is Lamed Bet, and the Mishnah begins. It says as follows: Zayich nimtza omed ben shalosh shurot shel shnei malbenim v'shachachu eno shichacha. So, what is this case of this uh, this uniquely located, if you like, Zayich? Let me do. I'm just going to share the screen here so you can um, see what I'm referring to. There are different explanations in this Mishnah exactly what does it mean? Zayich nimtza omed ben shalosh shurot shel shnei malbenim. The way, if you learn Mishnah's way, Batanur explains it is we've got three rows like this, three in a row, and Malbenim, because we've seen, seen the term Malben a few times in, in, in Mishnah's already, or in, in our learning together, that refers to a block of produce. So therefore, it's this one here right in the center, in the middle of the number, like the, the, the configuration. That's why it's unique. However, the, uh, the Reb Chaim explains it like the Rush, who explains it's Shalosh Shurot, so it's one zayit that is surrounded by three rows of zaytim, and the malbenim is not here like a malben like we have in Batanura. The, the malben is a shear, actually a measure. So that's the size of those rows. Okay. In any event, that zayit is special where it is. Okay. So therefore, it says eno shichacha, and the Gemara is going to explain that in more detail. So that it's like a yesh, it's like it's got a makomasuyam. Actually, you know, I'm jumping ahead of the game here. We'll see exactly why it is that that it uh, that why that why that particular one doesn't have shechach. Okay, let's continue. Um, a zayit that has um, has, that you've still got in it. Uh, well, again, I'm jumping the gun here a bit, but there's there's a time there's a volume of you know two seahs worth of olives in it, and you forget it. That's also not shechach, just like we've, we've learned before. Kama shechach kama and standing weak. If there's a volume of of, of time, it also isn't shechach. So then we say as follows, the medrim amurim, when do we say these words? So this, the medrim amurim, the Gemara is going to try and understand what it means. Which case are we qualifying it that it makes a difference whether you've started it or not? Okay, I'm going to leave it there for vague because that's going to be the job of the Gemara. So the Gemara is going to continue, and so the Mishnah continues. Calls man so if someone's picking an olive tree and there is some down below, there is the, the, then even if it's got stuff up above, then it's not considered shikha yet. So one way of understanding it is, again, the way of, like I learned in Mishnah, it's a bit like the Amara Fulda explains it. He says that despite the fact you're taking olives down and you're placing it at the base of the tree and you happen to have forgot some at the top, it doesn't matter since it's the practice of a person not being completely finished with this olive tree until he's taken everything down from down below, therefore it's not shikhiya, because he'll still be looking around and looking up above. Um, what's interesting here is Reb Chaim. He says, So he went up the tree to take the top olives. means still in the tree, meaning he's progressing down the tree and provided that there's still something left in the tree, then he can, uh, which is tachtav, according to Rechaim, at least, it sounds like. Therefore, he's not considered finished because he might still keep on looking up and seeing what other ones he hasn't taken yet. So it's quite different. Again, I was used to the explanation that it's tachtav means literally at the base on the floor, but it sounds like when Rechaim, it means at the, at the bottom part of the tree itself. Okay, fine. Red Meir says, no, it's not considered shikha until mishitalecha machave. Now, Machaveh, what happened when they're picking olives, they get a big stick and beat the tree and bang out the last few olives. Okay, again, there's a, this mission is a little bit vague because we don't know what it means, what it means, meaning what's that qualifying? What, what is he being machmir or is he being more meikil? 
What's his statement there? So we're going to have to understand that as well. That's the job of the Gemara. So Amr Abelazi says, In other words, you have to read the Mishnah that it's Shnei Malbinim and not three Malbinim. So the way we explained it already is according to Rush, if Malben is not talking about little blocks of wheat, but rather talking about a Shior, meaning it's sufficient that these three and the three and the three are a Shior of Shnei Malbinim and not three Malbinim. It doesn't have to be bigger than that meaning even a small area. That's the way we'd have to explain it here. Okay? Let's, uh, let's, where are we? let's continue. Um, fine. So we say manan kaimin. Now the manan kaimin means um, that why is it that, that, that this ilan, that's between the three shurot, again, we're using the Russian explanation here, why is it that that's not shichacha? It says, im mishum davar musuyam in kanzeitim. If it's because it's unique, then you don't need three rows. You don't need Zaytim at all. Just have a uniquely placed Zaytim, and that's enough. Why are you mentioning the fact that it happens to be between three rows? So, as Rabbi Chaim says, I mean, Mishum Maba Inan Shurot Shel Zaytim, Mekifoto, why does it need to be surrounded? Afilustami Lalo Nami Mesuyam Hu, Kosho Mebench Shurot. Now, this doesn't have to be Mekifot. It just has to be within three rows in a uniquely placed location. That'd be enough. Why does it have to be surrounded by three rows? And if it's because if it's because we view this tree here as if because of the rows next to it, it looks like it's now it's part of a shura, then um, the then, Gemara then says, who wants modi don shura? Meaning, why do I need all three rows? Who wants modi don shura? Meaning, why don't we three rows around it for that shura? The Hasagi Rebchaim says, just say there's a tree here, there's a tree here, and you've got your shura. So the, what, what the Gemara is trying to assess is what's the Mishnah, what's the Chirish of this Mishnah? What's the Chirish of the Mishnah that's trying to say that this ah, in this case, right here we have this case, the, the, this, this, this um, Ilan that's between these, these three or surrounded by these three or that's why it's not Shirah. If it's because of Masuyam, it shouldn't have to be surrounded. If it's because it's now considered like part of a row, then you don't need all the other ones. You just need two other trees to make it like a row. So what, what's, what's the Mishnah teaching us? So we say, Ela al Shura ve al What's this mean? Uh, Rabbi Chaim says as follows. I'll read inside. The reason why he's surrounded. Yeah, it's true. It's important that we make it look like it has to appear like it's part of a row. It's not because now that it's part of a row that it's shichacha. Why? Because we're assuming here that all these things have already been picked. And because they've already been picked, you can't say, oh, now that it's part of a row, it's not shichacha. Because if you've picked everything in the row except for one, it would be shichacha. But rather, because it appears as part of a row, meaning, uh, one second, what's the reason here? Meaning, the fact that it, these, in other words, because of this configuration, that's what makes it mesuyam. But it's not Masyum Kokach Shuhut Mitzarefim Mahembi Ashura. But it's not so Masyum that we say, oh, now it's part of like a Shura. Meaning, because it's distinct, it needs to be that it's surrounded by, yes, it's part of a Shura, but because it's already picked, you can't treat it as a Shura. We need the two together. We need the Svarav that it's kind of like a Shura, which makes it like a Dvar Masyum. The two together is what makes this now, this unique case, one of Eno Shechacha. Now, it's again, it's important because if it's not saying it's part of a shura because again, all these things have already been picked. It's a configuration that gives it its mesuyamness, if you like. Okay, 
That's a, that is, I'm not sure that's a word, but you get what I mean. Um, let's continue. So Amar Rebbe Rebbe Yochanan, Bezai Nodiyin Himatnita. So what's the unique thing about this tree? One understanding is it's a Zai Nodiyin. So Nai Nodiyin, according to, if you read it like that, like we have it in a Mishnah, the Marafulda says it's like a from a, a specific place. Um, it says he says he's Palig the Rebbeliyaz. He argues Rebbeliyaz. In Mokimenit the Zai Nodiyin. He argues with Rebbeliyaz like we just said about the mal the way the what Asfara. And the reason why is Nudin Shel Otomakom Shu Chashu Zaitim. It's sort of very interesting, important site. And what do we say? Vaha, why do we mention the three Shurot then? The reason why I mention Shurot is because of its Chashivut, it would be surrounded by other ones. In other words, the configuration is not really what's saving it. What's saving it is that it is, this is a special Zayat. Okay? And the configuration, but it's what it was the Derech. Of such a special zayit would be surrounded by other zaytim. That's all. That's where the Mafold explains it. However, again, we, we usually go consistently like Reb Chaim, and here it takes like I think the Shinu Gisra of the Graf, it's Gudiyim, which is the way also the way uh, the um, Pnei explains it. Reb Chaim and the Graf they all explain what does it mean here. It's not that it was a special tree in a special location. Gudiyim means it was uprooted. It was Ne'ekar. So what does that mean Ne'ekar? According to um, according to the Pnei Moshe, it means actual tree was on its side. It came out of the ground. And because you're going to come back to it now to start taking the wood and all these other things, you're definitely going to come back to address this tree. That's why it ends However, Reb Chaim interestingly explains, I'll read Reb Chaim inside, let's see if it um, makes sense to you. It says, Sorry. What's that referring to? That's Bezai Talush Ayri. We're talking about already picked Zaytim, I think it means. Shilakat Zaytim Menelot. You've already collected the Zaytim from all the, from the surrounds. Vitzabarotan Beina Gimel Zaytim. You place them there. Dekevan Sha'asan Arima. Since you made them a pile Beina Ilanot. Have a Mesuya. And that's why it's special. Aval Bezai Mechubar. If it was stationed there, an actual tree, Rabbi Yochanan says that. That's not good. That would be considered shechacha. In other words, according to Rabbi Yochanan, what we're saying here, the configuration alone is not considered makes it special, such it wouldn't be shechacha. You forgot it, it's shechacha. Okay? However, what's special about this case? It's because it's been, according to Rabbi Chaim, what have you done? You've been picking all these um, trees in the perimeter and collecting all the zaytim in the middle, which would make sense. That's the closest point, close near all of them. And since you've got a tzibu right there and it's surrounding that way, that's why it is not, not considered shikhrag having come back to collect. Okay. However, however, uh, we've got Rabbiosi Silo says loss of our divine din, so no din, I should say. El afilu sharkolino. It doesn't make a difference if it's no din, doesn't matter. Shalom, make him shakali bachen, since kinodin, afilu sharkolino in shikha. So he says it doesn't make a difference if it's detached or not detached because of its location, because it's surrounded by three. He's going to remember to go back to it. In other words, once again, Rebiosi says this is an inyan of configuration and its location. It is special. That's why it's in Oshikata. So, itani tani, we've got a break to this in Shinimsa, itani tani, Shinimsa Omer. So, we've got two different ways that, that, that this Mishnah is taught. Either we say this Zayt Shinimsa, like we have in our Mishnah. So, no, sorry, Nimsa Omed. It was found standing. Or another way, the first way is mentioned here, is just nimtza. We have nimtza omed, we've got the second way. Okay? So itani itani nimtza, itani nimtza omed. So 
the one who says Nimtza, the Rabbi Yochanan. That seems to be like Rabbi Yochanan. Why? Rabbi Yochanan, when do you say something that is found and found alone? Found is referring to something that is could be movable and you happen to find it in that location. So that's why it makes a sense that that, that seems to support Rabbi Yochanan's shita, that it, it is what Nudian uh, or Gudian, that it's referring to something that was attached, either the trees attached, like the Rabbi Moshe, or the collection of, um, of, of olives like Rukhain. However, Mandamashin Nimsa Omed, the one says Nimsa Omed, the term Omed seems to be like Messiah Le Rebelaza, sons of Rebelaza. Because Rebelaza is referring to something that is positioned and standing and located. Omed, it's standing there, not something that's detached from the ground. That seems to support it. So Manita Messiah, now Rebelaza was the first issue, if you remember the week, we sort of fought through. So Manda Amashin Nimsa Omed, Messiah Le Okay, we've got a brighter that seems to support Rabbi Yochanan. Why? The tiny who says the med amurem. When do we say this? Now we've got a shinugiris of the gra here. It says that's the shelo haya mekiro. When you didn't know it, what make it? We say aval im haya im haya mekiro yengiso meredefacharav filad meir. What's lo mekiro and mekiro? Meaning, when do we say that that meredefacharav filad meir? When do we need? When do we say we need this individual one that's surrounded by three rows? That's when you forgot it. And because if you got it, you need that configuration to save it. But if you did remember it, then you can even meradef admea. You'd even allow to trace after it, no matter how far it's located from any of the existing ones. Now, the fact that it uses the term meradef chase after something that's rooted in the ground, a tree that's standing, you don't need to chase after it. It's not going anywhere. So the fact that it uses a lashon of meradef seems to be we're talking about something that is detached from the ground, either like we said, Moshe, that's fallen, it's actually trees uprooted, or we're talking about the, like the Rukhaim, that it's like a collection of olives in the location. That's why it says, if you remembered it the whole time, then you can meradef chase after it. Um, uh, with, again, that makes sense. I feel like that. Now, let's continue back in um, uh, the uh, back in the class. It says as follows: The question is, what is this bemed amorim going on? It says as follows: So it's, um, if he has a time and he forgets it, which means as follows: I read your Chaim. He says, If you've already started picking it. Even if it's a Zayn Natufa, even if it's one of these special Zaytim, Ushachan, you forget it. Yes, Lo Shechacha, Lo Amar, we only said that El Bazayit Hanatufa, one of these special ones. Habazayit she yesh for Sa'ataim, but a site that has even Sa'ataim, I feel Hitril, even if you started picking it, Nami Lo Habashechacha. Why? The Hataim at the Yesh for Sa'ataim, and Oshechacha, Mushamba Havikish. So, what are we saying here? We said before that a Zayna what was a Zayna Tufah? Zayna Tufah was a special one. We said as soon as you start picking it and you forget it, it's gone. However, when it comes to other trees, however, if you're talking about other ones, not special ones, but it has Sa'atayim left over, even if you started picking it and then you forgot it, it still wouldn't be Shechacha. So in other words, beginning picking a tree would ruin it for the Baal if it was just a special one. However, if it had a, a huge mass left over, then even you started picking it wouldn't matter because, because, as we've said before, like in a field, 
Once you've got huge volume, it's not considered an omer, it's like a gadish, it's like a stack. So that's the difference here. Um, fine. And then we say, so we say that's assumption. So when we said the medvem amurim, that was a we thought it was referring to zait time. Correct? So now we're saying no, lo al itamrit. No, you've misunderstood what the medvem amurim was. The medvem amurim doesn't apply to that. Sorry, That's referring to the ratio, which is what? Call zait sheyesh lo shem um, in other words, there, in other words, that's referring to what we said in the beginning. We said if you've got a special tree and you forget it, we said that what? It's a special tree, doesn't matter, you're going to remember it, it's fine, it's not shechacha. So it's aleha on that case with the Bema Rabbi Marmu is going, which means, meaning, I'll read you inside Reb Chaim, meaning, in other words, that's only that, that the special tree exception is only if we're talking about a tree that has less inside time. But every other tree, however, every other tree, however, if it's got it doesn't if it's got side time, it's in a shikha. Meaning Martin Dan calls it Shieshlo, Shem, yes. In other words, exactly. Sorry, Umanit in the mission that we said previously about a tree that has a shem in a shikha, that's only if we're talking about the ancient side time. In other words, the whole Bemed of Amorim, therefore, on our mission is not talking about what we said. This mission is talking about the early one, meaning the whole Sa'atayim is qualifying what, what the exception of a special tree is. So, again, to make it very simple, the conclusion, therefore, a special tree, when it says Enu Shichacha, if you forget it behind, that's talking about a tree that is, doesn't, have a lot of, doesn't have a lot of yield. However, every other tree, even if it's left on its own, if it has a significant yield, it also Shichacha wouldn't apply to it. In other words, don't be much with the whole idea of if I hit that's a different, that's, a, that's not what the mission is trying to medaki. Let's continue. Now we say, Sorry, I'll turn this off for a moment. I'll turn it back on in a minute. So we said the whole time there's stuff that's still down below, either in the tree of of Chaim or below the tree of Marfulda, we said, we said there's not considered Shechacha. So now the question is as follows. Immediately, Reb Meir came after it says, no, as long as you haven't banged out the tree, it's not Shechacha. The question is, is he being Machmir or is he being Maker? Which means as follows. Meaning, Patalei Petrum, we can understand the Rebbe Meir as being either Machmir or Maker. If he's Machmir, means Kolzman Sheshlo Tachtav Yeshlo Borosho. However, Koren Lachem, Afal Pishi Ein Lo Tachtav Yeshlo Borosho. So, which means as follows. Reb Chaim says, means, um, so Chachamim said, as long as you've got something down below, what's up above is not Shechacha. And that's what Rebbe Meir says. He says, one second, if you bang it out, he says, So this is Lakula, I'm saying. We say that it's still not shechacha. In other words, what are we saying? The way to re- read 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 Rimer Lechula is as follows: According to Chachamim, the Chachamim say as long as you got something down below, you can even if you got something above, it's fine. According to Rimer, he's being more makil. He says even if you've got nothing left, if you haven't banged it out yet, it's still not shechacha. In other words, shechacha to, to pan the pan, machaver contra Rimer is a final blow. That's Lekula. The next part, however. 
is as follows. However, patachorin, you can actually be dorish to this, lechumra, meaning calls man yesh lo tachtav, yesh lo borosho, meaning as long as you've got something down below, yes, it's not shikhar above. However, hilchaha machaveh, if you bang it out, afal pisha'in lo borosho, yesh lo tachtav, which you probably have to read this differently. Meaning, afal yesh lo borosho, yesh lo tachtav, ain lo borosho, Reb Chaim says. Now, if you're dorish in lechumra, it means that, yes, the fact that you got a little bit down below saves you above. However, if you're going to remember this being more machmir now, if you bang it, well, now it doesn't matter if you've got anything down below. Uh, if it doesn't matter if you've got anything down below, it, 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 once you've started banging, everything up above is now considered shechet to God. Okay, the banging is like a, a that's in other words, there's two ways to understand it. Okay, tani mishu rebibet shama. He says, mishu rebibet shama. Again, another Shino Girsa, um, which is as follows. Beit Shammai says, so what's a proof? Is he more machmer? Is he being more maker? So here it seems to be we've got a t- t- teaching them Beit Shammai. As long as he bangs a karkar, kar, so the karkar is another type of stick like the machaver. There we say, it's game over. So mashma what? When you bang it, it's game over. According to Rashulio, means that. It, it doesn't matter anymore if you've got a few down below. Therefore, Rabbi Mary is being what? Rabbi Mary is therefore being Mahmoud. Now, Rabbi Avau comes to explain where do we get this Lashon Machaver from? He says, B'Shem Rabbi Shimon Melakish, Barakada, he says, Amar Avavahu, Shuhu Meshayer, he brings out, makes fall, Eta Machboyim. Those ones that are hidden amongst the leaves. That's a Machaber, he brings out the Machboyim. Okay? But as it brings from the Pasuk, V'du'uver Koha Machaboyim, Ashit Chabesham. This, talk, this is in uh, Shmuel, Be- Shmuel Aleph, sorry. It's talking about those, the, the sold, the, those that are hiding in those hiding places. Fine. Now, here we go back to pictures, because you have to understand, oh, look, look. I'm very excited about this, as you can probably guess my tone of voice. Um, here we go. Okay, we'll get to all that in a second, but look, first we begin with Peret. Ezel Peret, what's Peret? Peret Shonashu Veshat Abtsira. So we talked about what was Peret, Peret, the individual uh, grapes that fell. Now, two days ago in Ashur and Daf Lamed, Lamad Amalalaf in, in the Vilna edition, um, we said that actually, if you start picking, this is according to the Gra, if, because we said that Peret can apply to even bunches or half bunches, if you recall. And we said that's when someone, in you know, others went to Peret individual ones, that's when you're picking individual ones. And if you're picking big clusters, then it can even apply to half clusters as well, or clusters or half clusters. That was the Gra. However, it's important to understand, I mean, I always... Uh, that, the thing that was a chiddush, because I always understood parroting applied to individuals. So the Rambam, just for your benefit, the Rambam understands what does it mean clusters and half clusters? That's if someone is cutting bunches and throwing them on the ground. And then later he's going to pick them up. In that case, what does it mean clusters and half clusters? Because you're picking them up and you don't know which are parroting and which are not, like you're, if you're, if you're stealing from the Aniyim, that's why it could even apply to huge amounts like clusters and half clusters. But really, Mikaradin, it's still Peret only applies to individual ones. That is the way, um, that's the way, that's the way the Rebbeim in Derechimuna explains the Rambam. So in any event, Peret, either like the Grachna, well, in any event, let's just keep it simple in our own minds. That's the way I understood Mishnayot. Peret is the individual ones that fall as once cutting the grapes. So Hayabotzer, and Akatzer Eshkol, or Akar Ha'eshkol, Husbach Balim. So as you're picking a grape and you're pulling out a bunch, you're pulling out a bunch and it gets caught and then it falls to the ground. In those individual ones fell off in that situation, we say that that was a bit like 
we saw by Leckett, if he was cutting it and then a thorn hits his hand and it caused him to drop it. So the same thing here, that would not be considered peripera. It is ones that fall, if you like, and not because of, or I should say, not because you got tangled. Okay, next. If you leave a kalkala, a basket underneath a, a, a vine, the time he's um, doing bitsira, picking all the bunches, why? Because he's catching all the parrot. As we said previously by Leket, you're taking advantage, you're taking something that's not right for those. It should be for the Olim, meaning, as we said, euphemistically, those the Anian. So it says as follows What is Ololot? Here we go. Here's some pictures. So you can see some pictures here of bunches of grapes, Nazi form bunches of grapes. I, I, I can, you can see which one came from a, a supermarket catalog and which one came from a, a gardener's. You can see by the, the color of the grapes, which are the two pictures here. But anyway, I, you can work it out very quickly, which is a supermarket one. Let's continue. Um, any, any bunch of grape that doesn't have the shoulders or the dropping or drooping part. So I bought both these pictures because I both show each of them very well. The katef, if you can see what happens here, we're going to see this in the Gemara anyway, is in the top of a bunch of grapes, you have these like mini bunches. And as they fall one on the other, it forms these nice shoulders, as you can see here. They're the katef, the katefain. However, down the bottom of the bunch of grapes, it grows on the spine or individual grapes. And as you can see in this second picture, the, the, the garden one, you can see that, that it looks almost look like they're dropping off. They're drooping off. Like they're dripping, if you like. That's not is that drops or drip, drips, right? Yeah. Drips, drops, drips. Um, so therefore, that's the nata. So if you don't have the katef, so it's a badly formed bunch of grapes, you don't have the, the droopy part of the dropping part at the bottom, and you don't have the shoulders, that would be ololot. If he has, seems to have both, we'll see exactly what I mean soon. Then it goes to the balabait. In Safek, if you're not sure, it's onion. Because for Safek, we don't say, based on the puzzle we saw previously. Now, Ololot Shaba so here, if you have a look at a vine, it one. Uh, sorry, if it only has one of the two, um, we'll see in a second. Go to the balabite. I think it's on that next time. Okay. Um, now, if you have a look at this bunch of grapes, it grows off the, the vine, as you can see here. This is not the best picture, but it's the best picture I could find. Can you see how there's a little bunch that's growing off this branch over here? Okay. That little bunch, I'm assuming from the picture is a pretty, it's just a little tiny bunch, that a bit like a, what you'd say in a cutter. So that itself, if it was on its own, hanging off the branch here, would be considered all a lot. However, since it's gonna be cut along here, it's considered part of this bunch of bricks. Now, what happens if this little thing that's coming off the side is growing absolutely at the joint? When do we say that this is considered part of this major bunch of grapes? And when do we say this considered an independent bunch of grapes and therefore should be left for the onion because it's all a lot? Hear the question? Because that could literally, that, that join could literally be coming right over here. So it's a question, is this an independent bunch of grapes or is it considered part of the major bunch? If it's independent, it's all a lot. If it's a major bunch, it's considered a major bunch. So it's a simple measure. Can, is, if you cut it, will it come off with a major bunch? If like in this case, it's clear it'll come up with a major bunch. So therefore it's considered part of the major bunch of grapes and therefore it's not considered all of it. If when you tried to cut it, it was so close to the, to the, the, the actual, the branch itself that you couldn't cut them off together, then we say, sorry, it's all a lot. You've got to leave it for the arm. Yeah, clear, good. Um, it's uh, fine. 
What about a gar gar yachidi? What about if you've, and I had stuff of a, 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 a vine that wasn't really well attended to in Australia, and these things can occur. Let's say you've got a little branch that has one grape growing off it. But you don't have a bunch. It's a miskin little, uh, bad little, just a grape episode. So we say, Rebbe Huda, is that considered all a lot or is it not? It doesn't have a drooping part. It doesn't have shoulders. So shouldn't it be all a lot? So Rebbe Huda says, Omer, it's a bunch. Eshkol, the Chachamim are all a lot. Chachamim is easy to understand. It's clearly all a lot. And Rebbe Huda says, we're going to learn this from a, um, from a, actually from a Pasuk that says all a lot has to be a bit more substantial than even a single grape. So let's go to the Gemara. The Gemara says as follows. Hadama Kadesh. The fact that the Mishnah said that what? The fact that the Mishnah said that if it, you put a basket underneath the grapes and it falls, you're stealing from the Aniyim, it means what? That it's already the property of the Aniyim as it's in flight, or as it's dropping. It meaning it belongs to them. Because if you say that it only becomes parent when it hits the ground, how's it stealing from the Aniyim? So therefore, it says, So this seems to be, we can answer, this answers the question of Chilfai, or in the Bavli, you refer to it as Ilfa. Why did Chilfai Sha'al? He asked, he had a question. Let's say someone's cutting a field and a, little, and, and, a, and a stalk's falling. And as it's falling, you say, Does it work or not? Meaning there's only the property that anyone hits the ground, therefore you can make a hectish. Or is it already the property that anyone, you can't make a hectish? That was his question. It's a fascinating question. When does it become the property that anyone? So he says, why don't you answer the question from our Mishnah? The fact that you say as it's falling, it's already considered the property that I'm in, means it's then you wouldn't then the, in the parallel case of Chilfai, that, that if you're trying to makdish it as it's falling, it wouldn't work. It already belongs to the Aniyim. So Gamara says, He says, No, you're being you're being you mash me the wrong thing from our Mishnah. When the Mishnah says Gozalatanim, it doesn't mean if you're stealing something that already belongs to Aniyim. It just means you're preventing it. You're doing an act that will prevent him from being Zacha from Peret. So don't, it, again, it's not necessarily already considered Peret in flight, but you can still be considered Gozel Menayim. You can still be considered stealing from the poor because you're preventing him from getting something that would have been when it, it had to hit the ground. Let's continue. So Ezer, Ololot, Kosher, En Lolokatef, Alonatef, and I'll pretty much explain this when we learn the Mishnah. says, Yesh Lokatef, Avalonatef. Let's say he's got the ketafayim, but not the, not the, the droopy part. Nataf katef. That was this is exactly your question, um, Mickey. And he says with that goes to the balabite. That goes to the balabite. So in other words, it has to be missing both. The im suffix, if there's a doubt exactly how to define this thing, is goes aniyim. So ezul katef. What are the katef? They're the psigim ze As I pointed out here, they're the psigim. This is the psig. This here, this little mini bunches at the top of a bunch of grape that are resting one on the other. It gives it the shoulder-like look. And ezul hunatef. What's a droopy part? Like we said before. That is Hatliyot B'Shizra, or Shidra, as we'd say, but you're right. Those are ones that are connected straight to the spine, if you like, of the bunch of grapes that go down low. So Rebbe Barbashem Rebbe Yehuda says, When is it all a lot? That is when, if it's resting, if you can't look on this picture, this is resting on a table, the one, the supermarket picture, okay? So it says, that's when they're all resting in, what, in your hand. So the Hava Minute is that what? The Hava Minute is, has to be, it's a question of size, that it's all, it can fit in the palm of your hand. So Lord Kenamar But one second in Sipori, there was a mindset that the Ololot was so huge they measured Shisheva Litra. So Amar of he says, no, Shimna says, no, they were all a lot. Why? Because it doesn't mean it has to fit in your hand. But if again, have a look at this picture, the supermarket one, 
if you can see here, if I'm, it's resting on a table, but they're not all touching the base. All a lot is when it's misken, it doesn't have the shoulders, it doesn't have the groovy part, it's, it's, it's a bad bunch of grapes, such that if you rest on the table, all the grapes will touch the table. So therefore, it could have been that in Sipori, they had these enormous ololots, but they were still, when they were resting on a tavla, on a big tray, they were all touching the surface. So again, it's not a matter of size or volume, it's a matter of the, the uh, anatomy of it, if you can call it that, or the, the, for the, way, the way it's formed, whether it has the droopy part and the shoulders, and also whether if you place it, he's adding this new shear, but rests on a table, whether all the grapes will be touching the table. And let's finish, and that's finished now. So Ben Levy, it says, manalo, or he's been given, I should say, shnatnalo is the shiur the shiur gives of the graph. He's been given meiser, um, tevel. Umatza, and if, in other words, meiser tevel means you have to separate still trumat meiser from it. Umatza betocho ololot, and he finds inside it ololot. We say, harizo oseotan trumat amasa makom acher. He can still mafrish from that to satisfy the requirements for their other groups. So he says, v'ololav shalanihi, but I don't understand. If ololot is a matano aniyim, it's patur from trumas amasro, and you're not allowed to be mafresh min a patur alachayav. So how can this person, this this lady who got a whole lot of maaserishon, and he finds some ololot inside, and be mafresh from the ololot? So he's saying no. Rav Amin b'shem Rabdin the Taman says aniyom er imni kratzoti maeshkolot. He says no. It can still be not. It can still look like ololot, but not be matano aniyim. How would that be the case? And that's this case we learned in the Mishnah. If you can imagine here, if it was Nikretzet, it was cut along with it, such that you had this small bunch, but it came when you cut it, it came along with a major bunch. It, that one still, when it se- if it separates in the when you give it to the levy, it will look like ololot, but it because it was Nikretzet, it was cut along with a major bunch of grapes, a you know, a satisfactory bunch of grapes. It didn't have the din of ololot. It wasn't ever matanot anim, so therefore it's still considered tevel. That's why this levy could be mafish from that to satisfy the trumas amount, the, the trumat medola, I should say. The trumat maisa, not trumat medola. Trumat maisa had to separate from the maisa originally we see from, uh, from other things. Okay? That's it. Call to Have a good day. I wonder how they would uh, pick grapes these days when they use uh, modern machinery. Oh, automatically. That's it's probably a good shadow where they can even do that. Because why isn't that not any different to the uh, to the uh, to, to putting a basket underneath, right? Um, and so that, that would be that would be a good question whether they can do that. Um, also, uh, but that said, there's this fancy machinery I've seen where they have automatic picking in uh, some like green where they can actually there's like there's artificial intelligence and computer imaging where they can actually see whether it's ripe or not. So they just have to update the software to identify is this all a lot or not, and then they can use the machinery. I think that'd be quite simple. Yeah. <laughs> software engineers will be busy, I guess. Yeah, well, well we, we're laying the groundwork for it. We've already got computer imagery. We've already got the manufacturing. All it is is just up, 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 updating the algorithm to say this is not this is considered not right, and then it's simple. Okay. Right, culture. Have a good day. Sure.